Welcome to the Alpha Dude Podcast with Michael Pulser. What would it be like if you knew that you were unstoppable and you could live life on your terms? Better yet, how good would it feel knowing that on your deathbed, you had fulfilled all your potential and more? Life on Earth has a beginning and an end. It's what you do in the middle that counts. Let's look at how to make that part even better. The media platforms that are before us today are just not realistic and it's heavily influenced by our society and culture. So what's this all about? Essentially, I've had a lot of people reach out and they've talked to me about who their mentors are and who their people that they look up to, who they listen to, podcasters, YouTubers, influencers, and it seems that it's kind of generating into the same little funnel and people are becoming carbon copies. I mean, every second modern men's guru has a combination of someone who grows beards or shaves their head or trains Brazilian jiu-jitsu, is ex-military, into weights and fitness all the time, and listens to Joe Rogan podcast. Now, all of these are good. I mean, you grow a beard, it looks tough. You train BJJ, it's an amazing martial arts, it's a great skill. If you've served the military, you've served our country, and I thank you for the service. If you're into weights and fitness, that's great for all levels of things. And finally, if you listen to Joe Rogan, he's the number one podcaster, so he's got a lot of great guests, a lot of good information, so that's great too. But those people who try to emulate these gurus and mentors, they often do for the wrong reason. I mean, if you go to, say, an MMA gym, you'll see a guy who does all of those things and they're following their mentor. I mean, some people grow beards because they try to cover up who they are rather than actually do it for a reason that's pure to them. Other people, they train in a martial art that they hate just because they feel pressured that they need to be able to cover up an insecurity. And others, they spend equal amounts of time in the gym and taking selfies without their shirts on and talking about Joe Rogan, but the point is, None of them actually follow any of the advice except maybe some of it about Joe Rogan smoking pot or, or maybe hitting the gym and taking selfies. The thing is that guides should be just that, guides. Now, you are not Jocko Willick and neither am I. I mean, we can all glean from the philosophy that's behind it. And then from that, we can incorporate it into what we want into our lives so we're not actually carbon copies of these people. My best advice in regards to this whole concept is number one, learn everything that you can, as I keep talking about, in breadth and depth. And then once you've done that, focus on what you want to do, not what you should be doing because all the latest fads and trends are doing it this way. Do it because it's something that you need to do, something that fulfills you, something that you're passionate about. And sure, in the initial stages, you're looking around, you're looking for that breadth, you find all sorts of interesting people, you find all sorts of people doing different things, but learn to separate the behavior from the actions. And once you realize what the motives are behind it, then you can incorporate it into your life if it is for you. But don't be that person. You don't have to change out who you are. And that is a major part of the Dude system. With the Dude system, one of the primary things that separates it from other systems is the fact that the alpha component is all about the upgrades. 
And that is basically what all of self-help is today. And that includes these men's gurus, the bros, all that sort of stuff. They add stuff in. They add in the muscle, the fitness, the skills, the abilities, the confidence, all of these wonderful traits. But they're building onto a shell of a house of something that's either rotten or hasn't got a good foundation. So the dude component of the alpha dude system relies heavily on taking away all of the crap first, looking at your insecurities, digging deeper, finding out what you're about, and only once you've got your foundation set up, then you can build on that and develop into who you need to be. So next time you're listening to a podcast, watching your favorite mentor, influencer, whatever that is, learn as much as you can, and then look in the mirror and see what are you doing? Are you taking the easy way out or are you taking it the hard way? And if you're taking it the hard way, are you doing it because the motives are true? Are you doing it because you feel it's something that you should be doing and you'll be missing out on something? If you're doing it that way, you've probably got the wrong motives. But if you're doing it for the right purposes and saying, well, I am a little bit insecure, I can work through that stuff. I've seen these guys, these Navy SEALs, I've overcome certain areas in their life. Do I have to become a Navy SEAL in order to overcome it? Perhaps, perhaps not. But what you can take away are the messages that apply to you on an individual level. So I hope this helps and we'll catch up in the next section. The dude aspect of the alpha dude system is based about being true to yourself. And that's essentially what this episode is about. Not trying to be a carbon copy of somebody, not trying to imitate someone, but being who you really are. Now, there is a massive takeaway that I haven't talked about, but our next guest will. When we challenge ourselves, when we push ourselves, when we take it to the next level, only then can we really reach our next level of potential. And in doing so, we can uncover new things about ourselves that we didn't know about ourselves before. Our next guest is on to describe her journey in how she used competition in order to bring out the best in herself by realizing that there's a competitive nature within us. She can use that to harness and drive herself to new levels in new heights in many different directions. Our guest is Jessica Barclay and she takes on this new approach by actually bringing in pageantry. That's right, pageantry. How women have these contests and challenge each other and in doing so they actually bring out the best parts of themselves. So it's something that I didn't think I'd bring into this podcast but it's a great story behind it. Tell me what you think. Here's Jessica. Pageantry. Is that a thing? You would not believe how many people ask me that. I probably say it's a daily occurrence particularly at the moment as I am in the final weeks of preparing for my fourth beauty pageant and no I'm not some ditzy blonde 19 something I'm a nearly 33 year old woman with not a blonde hair on my head and I've definitely got a brain in there too I'm a mum I run two businesses I've had previous successful businesses And yet, pageantry has taught me more about myself than probably anything in my life. 
When people find out that I do beauty pageants, they think it's that stereotypical ditzy appearance, toddlers and tiaras that you see on the telly, particularly in the UK, we don't have much of a pageant representation on sort of mainstream TV. We are relying on, well, basically Miss Congeniality and toddlers and tiaras, which, well, Miss Congeniality had some elements of truth. Toddlers and tiaras is not the pageant industry that I know. The pageant industry that I know raises hundreds of thousands of pounds for charities every year. It encourages women to love their bodies and look after their bodies. It promotes self-confidence and self-awareness and a goal-getter attitude where anything is possible and your sisters will support you. This isn't something I grew up with. That belief that women are out for you and we are all competition, that is something I grew up with. I had a family, but I didn't know what family was until I started in pageants. And I started fairly late on. I was 27 when I did my first beauty pageant. And yes, I call them beauty pageants. That's fairly controversial within the industry itself. Many people like to call them pageants and drop the beauty. But for me, there is so much inner and outer beauty involved in pageantry that I love that word. That word for me is important. Women at their core want to be beautiful. We are naturally relationship builders. The problem is society has taught us that beauty is an external thing. And that is false. Beauty can only truly come from the inside out. And I didn't realise that until I started in pageantry. I'd been to four schools where most people go to two um, in the UK system. We normally do uh, one junior and a secondary. And then after that, it's not called school, it's college and university. I did two junior and two secondary. And at uh, three of those four, I was really bullied. It was the latter three, so it had the bigger impact. (laughs) And because of that, I learned to shut my true self away. Because as far as I was concerned, being me was what got me bullied. I ended up a very shallow, false, miserable, unhealthy, unhappy version of myself. And I'm not going to blame those bullies. It was my own fault because we are completely in control of our own lives. But I needed help to get out of that. That help bizarrely came in the form of my mum getting ill. She was diagnosed with a very rare, aggressive form of T-cell lymphoma, which is part of the leukaemia family. She had a three-year battle and sadly passed away. But during that battle time, I massively reassessed my life. I got into health and fitness and started looking at what really made me happy. I re-qualified work-wise. I got divorced. I moved a few counties. So that's kind of like moving a couple of states uh, for those from America. And started to discover a certain level of self-love. And I signed up to do a beauty pageant. I had no idea what I was letting myself into 
whatsoever. <laughs> I rocked up with the wrong clothes, and I say the wrong clothes because I didn't know what fitted me and what suited me, and what I wore that day did not do any of those things. It wasn't flattering, it wasn't comfortable, and it didn't represent my personality. So that's what I mean by wrong clothes. My shoes, I couldn't walk in, they weren't appropriate for the outfits, and they weren't appropriate for being on stage either. My interview was a disaster. I was so confident going into interview. I can talk. I'll be fine. What I didn't realise is you only get three minutes in the competition I was in. And you have to explain who you are, where you're going, what you've done, and what you would do with the title in those three minutes. That's a lot to fit in. But I also didn't know the answer to any of those questions, so... They could have given me days and I still wouldn't have got the right answers out. But I had the most incredible time. For the first time in my life, I was surrounded by incredibly inspiring young ladies that were doing amazing things, but most of all wanted me to succeed as well. I don't know when or how it got drummed into women that were all in competition. Apparently, you see this less in single-sex schools, so maybe it's the whole boy drama. Is boy drama really causing this many issues? It certainly made me question whether my daughter will be going to a co-ed or single-sex school, and for secondary, she will be going to single-sex school. I want her to grow up in as much of a female-supporting female environment as possible, and I will do everything within my power to help that. She has already shown an interest of pageantry because I clearly have a lot of energy and enthusiasm for it. When I talk to people about pageants, they often ask me, well, does it really have a place in society these days? Isn't it anti-feminism? And for me, pageantry represents everything good about feminism. It's about getting up there and being your true self. Now, yes, there are certain systems where you rarely see a woman that has an ounce of fat on her, but the majority of systems embrace all body types. There are specific systems for specific body types, but just sign up for the one that suits you. Sometimes it's very hard to judge lots of different body types together. It's just a practical thing. I compete in a system called Galaxy. I'm an MS, Ms. contestant because of my age, but they also have juniors and teens and tiny ones and a Mrs. as well for those that are married. You can have had babies, be divorced, be a single mother. It's completely up to you. But what will stop you from winning is if you don't show up as your true self. I didn't know who my true self was until I got into pageants. And how sad is that? 27 years of not being me. It was painful. I mean, the journey out of that state into my current state of knowing who I am and where I'm going and who I want to be and what I'm working for and what I want to put into the world has been painful too. But it's been a pain that's worth it. A bit like labour. It's hideously painful, but it's totally worth it. That, for me, is the journey of self-discovery that I've had through pageantry. Now, I'm not laying it all on pageantry. I've had an incredible fitness journey as well. But a lot of it has been inspired by what I do in pageants. 
If it wasn't for pageants, I don't think I'd have my daughter. Now, yes, I'm a Christian and I prayed for her. So I do believe she is sent by God. But I also think pageantry was sent to me by God. But because of pageants, I was working extra hard on my physique and being extra careful with what I ate. I'd been given two medical reasons why I couldn't have kids. And because I was preparing to compete, being very careful with my food intake and the foods that didn't respond to me very well and my sugar intake, which is particularly detrimental to the fertility issues I have. I got pregnant with my little miracle. Now that's a big thing to say, isn't it? Pageantry got me pregnant. (laughs) And funnily enough, that's happened a couple of times. I know at least two other UK Galaxy competitors that got pregnant while they were either competing or preparing to compete. That's the magic of pageantry. People say, well, I get my daughter to do pageants, like I'm going to force her into it. Like anyone could force my daughter into anything. At three, she knows her own mind. But she loves them already. She did a little tiny one and she had so much fun. And she asked me constantly, mummy, when can I be a galaxy girl? Pageantry has brought out the best in me. I am the fittest and healthiest I've ever been. My skin is of the best condition because I actually have a skincare routine now. I've improved my public speaking skills, my interview skills. I've started two podcasts. I've run a YouTube channel. I will get up in front of the camera without a second thought, knowing that I can deliver clear and concise answers because of the work I've done through pageantry. I have a purpose. I have an outlet for my need to do charity fundraising, which when I was at school, I did a lot of and never really found my feet again in adulthood. But having that sash and title really makes you go above and beyond for the charities that matter to you and gives you a much louder voice. I currently have a regional title and I'll be competing for the UK title fairly soon with the hopes that I will be able to go to America and represent the UK, which is my big pageantry dream. I don't plan on limiting my pageant life to competing either. Galaxy has my heart. That is the title I want. And once I've achieved that title, I want to move much more into judging and supporting others through their pageantry journey. And I run a pageant podcast called Pageant Land Podcast that shares advice, tips, skills, and real life stories about pageantry. Predominantly UK focused, but there's a lot of mix in there as well. Pageantry has taught me so much and I really want to give back to the industry. I want to see it grow and flourish. I think you learn so many amazing skills that women today sorely need. But above all of those skills is the skill to be yourself. It's so simple and it should be so easy. But in this modern day world, it's not. We're bombarded so much by social media with these images of perfection. I even started a campaign within the UK uh, called hashtag real face of pageantry to try and encourage those uh, pageant contestants to share the truth behind all the work they do within pageantry, the charity work, the community work, the hard work in the gym, the eating right, everything. 
because I think it's really important we share the message of being true to yourself, looking after yourself and putting good out into the world. Pageantry. Is that a thing? I'm sure glad it is. If you're interested in finding out more about me, then please check out jessbarkley.com. That's J-E-S-S-B-A-R-C-L-A-Y.com. Or you can also find me at pageantlandpodcast.com. My social media is at Jessica A. Barkley, and I mainly use Instagram. That's my happy place. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. If so, rate it from the place you downloaded it. For any questions, send an email to michaelpulser at gmail.com.